Um, hi guys, welcome to another episode of Don't Say We Didn't Tell You, aka Don't Say Pod. Um, super excited, we have another guest today. We have Temi, aka TRK. Um, Temi, Sultana, and I actually go way back. Um, we met at Penn, we're all at Penn together, and then mm-hmm. um, also ended up at HBS together. So, um, Temi, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a bit more about your background. Yeah, thank you for having me. Super excited to be here with you both. So yes, my name is Temi. I graduated from Penn and after that did a year teaching English in Thailand and then did consulting for a couple of years at Bain & Company. After that did a pivot into fintech venture capital where I got to do investments in emerging markets and I really love that went to business school and now I'm working at a virtual reality startup which is a very interesting pivot but yeah that's just been my a short version of my journey um I didn't even know you were working at a VR startup like I knew you were working at a startup but I didn't know it was yeah. VR so I'm excited <laughs> to talk more about that for sure <laughs> um but let's start kind of from the beginning mm-hmm. um what made you decide to go to business school in the first place and what was your journey like Kind of preparing and, and applying for school yeah so i did a summer program that hbs has for third years going into their fourth year of college it's called summer in management venture program and so that was where i got to get my first introduction to the case study method and the value of business school and i just felt like even though wharton was a great intro to business i thought I realized that business school was great in terms of helping you think as a leader, helping you make decisions that impact people way beyond yourself. And then how do you live with those implications and, you know, continue to build on them. So I was pretty much sold after that. Um, Took the GRE right after school and then applied kind of at the same time that most people do at Bain. Um, I will say I was a I wavered a bit. I almost didn't apply the year that I did because I was just not feeling great about my job and like if I was going to get promoted and all these questions. And so I almost didn't apply, but I'm really glad I ended up doing it because it, it worked out well. Um, and just very quickly, I will say like a hack, which you did, which obviously not everyone is fortunate enough to do this, but if you're able to take the GMAT or the GRE really early, like while you're still in uni or just while you're like fresh out of uni. I think that helps a lot with when you eventually decide to apply it. Because I think thinking about like taking the exam and doing the essays and doing everything at the same time can be really overwhelming. So if you're able to like sequence it and break it up in chunks, then I think it makes it a lot easier as well. Yeah, 100%. I studied starting after I graduated. I wanted to apply for the undergrad program where you kind of know by the end of your senior year if you get in but I just didn't have capacity for that so I took the summer after to really focus started with the GMAT that was not working quickly pivoted to the GRE and that was the best choice I am very pro not taking the GMAT if you you feel like it's not working out (laughs) um fair enough I think yeah we've definitely had a few people kind of talk to us about that decision between GMAT and GRE and like honestly just do whatever works for you and don't overcommit yourself if it's not working take a practice test for the GRE and see if it feels more natural and if it does like make the pivot yeah um so let's talk about sort of how you approached your career I think you came in and at least from the moment we started talking it was clear that you wanted to focus on a career on the continent um Mm -hmm. at least in some capacity um 
what was the community like at HBS as far as people who were interested in careers in Africa and um, you know what yeah what was their experience with that? Yeah I mean that was one of the reasons HBS was my top choice is because I felt like there was a strong community of alum um, of people who were just affiliated with the school and then the classmates themselves. Um, BC in Africa is very niche space and that was what I was focused on during the time as you said and so I appreciated being able to meet with other students who were interested in different capacities right so not everyone was trying to dedicate their career but some people had interest in investing on the side or there were a ton of African entrepreneurs and founders and so it felt really great to be friends with people who were doing that across the continent not just in Nigeria, which is where I had most familiarity with. And so it was it was awesome, honestly. And I think great exposure for me. Um, I would say like beyond the community, just thinking about like HBS itself. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think HBS kind of supports and prepares people who are interested in continents in Africa? So obviously we have like kind of like in community, you know, you have HBO, we have all these people that like, you know, magnates, whatever. But like in terms of just actual HBS, whether it was like career services, um, did you find that they were helpful? Um, transparently, not really. I felt like the value was really driven by student initiatives to set up alumni panels where people really talked about what it was like moving back to the continent and dedicating your career there. Um, The alumni who came for conferences were incredibly insightful, but I didn't really engage with career services as much. And even when I did, it didn't feel like they were super useful. Um, Like when I was thinking about startup internship decisions and how to negotiate that's not even like a regional specific thing they Mm -hmm. they didn't really help with how do you work with different timelines and people putting pressure with you and you wanting to talk about salary because obviously salary in the continent is such a bigger conversation and so I think that was where it felt like it was lacking in terms of institutional support but in terms of community and people Mm -hmm. taking initiative that's where I I found a lot of value. And obviously introductions and peers helping with that, I think was moved the needle a lot more for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the sad but tough parts of business school is that I, everyone expects career services to be like the golden ticket. And I think interestingly enough, that was probably the experience most of us had in undergrad because in undergrad, most of us were recruiting for traditional things. And like Mm -hmm. the schools know how to do that. They have a playbook. If you say to them, I want to get a job at Bain, BCG, McKinsey, Morgan Stanley, they're like, let's go. Yes. Um, (laughs) And then anything else, it feels like you're left to your own devices. Um, But you seem to make it work. Um, You Mm -hmm. did internships during school. I think you did. You do one before school as well. Uh, No. all oh, comment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. How did you go about finding the internships during school and what role did those play in your journey of sort of exploring this career on the continent? Yeah, so one of the things about venture capital and pursuing that industry is that you stay working because that's kind of your way to break <laughs> in is to do the job before you formally are trying to do the job. And so I found my first internship with We Capital, which is an early stage VC based in Nigeria and also in Boston. Um, I found them through just randomly LinkedIn. It was like a cold outreach. Uh, I think it was convenient that 
the managing partner happened to have a connection to Boston. And so we met up when he was in the city. And so that basically influenced my first one. So I would say the tip there is just to do, when you're searching for roles on LinkedIn, having filters and notifications based on different demographics you're looking for, things will pop up. And then the second one was through um, the networking that I'd done starting before school, but mostly in school of just talking to African VCs, talking to people in the space, and then someone reached out that they had an opening role. And so less so directly related to HBS, but I think one of the great things about business school is you get to be more flexible and set up these part-time situations, whereas as a full-time employee pivoting into VC would be really hard to to navigate that. So I was able to kind of go from being seen as someone who'd be hired as an associate to someone who could be hired as a senior associate or principal because I'd been working throughout the school year. So I think it was an accelerator for me, honestly, to do those. Was that something- How did you balance? Oh, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I, I'll, I'll start with Mike because I think yours is after, but I was gonna say, was that something mm. you pre-planned coming into business school? Was that an intentional thing of like, I'm gonna uh, take the strategy of using an internship to help me skip a level pivoting into the industry? And like, how did you um, think about that? Yeah, it was less so about accelerating and more so how am I gonna keep my ear to the ground how am I going to make sure that the two years I'm not really disconnected and I'm deepening my relationships in the industry? And so that was the that was the intent when I first did it. And I, I actually really wanted to do my internship only my second year. But then when the We Capital one just came up. Um, but then what I noticed was in conversations as I was thinking about actual job prospects, I was getting positioned and could position myself for higher level roles than I thought I could. So I think that was mm-hmm. one of the surprises from it in terms of how quickly you can kind of skip levels if you negotiate mm-hmm. and if it's the right. Obviously, these are for like smaller VCs versus kind of the standard, you know, larger ones that are just kind of more formal. But it was nice to know that I could go in at a higher level or talk about higher level positions than I'd originally thought. Um, how did you balance working while you were in school? Because HBS <laughs> yeah. is quite quite rigorous, yeah. um, especially the first year. So how did you balance that? Plus having a social yeah, life as well. Yeah, it was cr- honestly, in retrospect, it was kind of crazy because I was working like 10, 15-ish hours a week. Um, how did I do it? I was not a leader in any clubs. I was literally just showing up to events. And so I took a big step back in terms of exploring those avenues. Um, And then thankfully, I think time zone actually made a huge difference. And so a lot of the stuff Mm. I would do would be from, I'm going to be honest, like sometimes six to 10 or seven to 10 a.m. And then Mm. I would do go to class and then, you know, have a regular day. And so if you're someone who can be an early bird, then it, it works really well. But I didn't feel like I sacrificed the things that were important to me in terms of mm-hmm. social. I felt like was still, as you both know, an abundance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I felt like I was still present in class as much as I wanted to be. So it ended up working out, but it definitely was, I think, a, an intentional decision. 
maybe one more follow right. up on this because mm-hmm. I think you're the first person we've had who actually like took this approach and it could be interesting Mm -hmm. um how did you go about pitching yourself to um internship employers considering i think you did was your secondment in vc yeah it was okay so you had some experience but not like you know not a ton of experience how did you go about pitching yourself uh to vcs for a term time internship yeah i think honestly what they're looking for and i will put context that these were small vcs that were essentially startups themselves so in their first or in their first fund and so what they're looking for is different they kind of want someone who's scrappy who's eager who you know is bringing deals that they might have not seen and so what I would advise people to do in those instances is come with a list of founders that you know come with startups that you're interested in you know pitch them to them create those intros show that you're organizing events for founders show that you are writing on topics and have an investment thesis. So I had an investment thesis that I had been working on just in the back of my mind in terms of ag tech in Africa and what I thought was interesting there. And just showing that I had the fundamentals already in place, which anyone can do regardless of a job, um, I think made people more confident in saying, okay, we don't have to kind of build from scratch. You can just take it and run. So that Mm -hmm. I think is super helpful. Right. And I think I also I want to talk to you about how you thought about branding, because I think when I thought about it, it's so funny because like pre HBS, I thought, OK, Timmy consulting <laughs> and then like post HBS. I'm like, oh, yeah, like Timmy African VC. Like, I don't even know <laughs> how that change happened, but like it happened in my mind. Yeah. Um, so were you intentional about like creating that brand on campus? Like, how did you go about doing that? Yeah, I I wasn't. I think I I'm someone who was very passionate and excited, and I still am to this day. And so being in a space where I think a lot of people are uncertain about what they want to do, and I'm just like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I'm like laser focused on it. And, you know, for mm-hmm. me, what's priority is social and career. And this, I, I don't know. I feel like because I was very open about it, that it became a branding thing, um, which was beneficial, right? Because then people were sending me opportunities or talking to me about it. And so it does kind of show that, you know, some people might think it's cringe to have a brand or create a brand or put that behind it, but it really does help to be top of mind for the things that you're really excited about. Um, And so I didn't go in kind of saying like, this is what I want to be known for, but I think because I'm just like very open and, you know, I try to be involved in those communities and when I did the conference like I did panels around those topics that it kind of helped and then there just wasn't as many people also doing it too right so I think that played a factor as well um so yeah no not super planned but beneficial I think ultimately when I Mm -hmm. when I started realizing like oh this is something that is useful in my journey yeah And I think that's a really important thing you brought up. I didn't actually think about this, but a lot of people come to business school to figure out what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And like my unpopular opinion is that like business school is not the place to do that. Mm -hmm. And like you just don't get as much value from business school if you don't know what you want to do going in or fairly quickly after you get there. Not to say you can't do it and this is not meant to be like a (laughs) negative statement, but I just think that like 
people the people who get the most value out of business school are people who come in and know what they want because then you can fully leverage all the resources available your brand is solid the network you make is clear and like just something to think about because i think when people come to me and say like they don't know a part of a lot of times i say is there anything you want to do go do an internship go test it out and just see if you can get a tiny bit more clarity before you go to business school just so you can actually maximize your experience in business school a hundred percent i i agree with that and i i realize it's not the case for most people and most people still end up fine but it it helped me with not wasting my time in certain things like there were certain clubs where they were like okay you can be in this leadership position but because i had a strong sense of like what i'm trying to gain i realized actually no me being the president or vp of whatever on this club won't make a difference you know and so it helps you also not take on things that you think will be helpful um there was one other point that i wanted to make around this that i thought was was beneficial um oh i ca- i can't remember oh i think also even if you're not really sure being open about what your your dreams are because I think people are very scared to be open about it, right? Because it might not be the next job after business school, but just being open about what you want to do broadly, even if it sounds very audacious, I think mm-hmm. HBS is really the perfect place to like start planting those seeds because you just really never know what connections mm-hmm. might come from that. Um, so that's something I would encourage because I think people are generally scared to talk about that sometimes. Yeah, especially Africans. We're always like, yeah. let's not jinx mm-hmm. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, well, you might be doing that by not saying it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've talked a lot on the podcast specifically about like I came out of consulting and honestly, I came to business school and I was like, I don't want to go bad. <laughs> I'm really trying to move into operations, etc. But you know i've shared my journey and like business school is not the like um what's it called like uh one solution to your problem like you don't just go and like suddenly you get exactly everything you want Mm -hmm. how flexible were you in the end about you know your next career move and how did you sort of rationalize okay what makes sense as an immediate career step versus a long-term goal given everything going on yeah so i think that um, so as I mentioned, I'm in a virtual reality startup that is U.S. based, not Africa focused or <laughs> tangent, like adjacent at all. Um, and that was a tough decision to make because I really, really wanted to do the Africa and VC I knew the people, I knew I could do it, but I couldn't find the role that made sense for me. And I felt like the roles that I saw were causing me to sacrifice things beyond like just personal things that I really cared about. Um, and also transparently financial things that I have started to mm-hmm. care even more mm-hmm. about. Um, and so I decided that it didn't, make sense right now after business school and I started looking at a whole nother like realm of startup operations which I just had not really considered like I'd done my internship at a startup but very different to start recruiting and I also made that decision like April May slash really August so or June July so like 
it was a weird pivot. It was a scary pivot and I wasn't happy about it. But I think when I ended up in my role, it's so funny because I've learned a ton that I think is really fascinating. And now I'm like, okay, is the startup role actually more fulfilling to me than VC was? And so mm. I'm kind of trying to figure out right now what my next move is. I don't really know. For now, I'm just kind of here in this role um, and taking in as much as I can and learning. But I, but I guess the main lesson for me right now is that uh, you can have a big vision and big dream and a big plan and it it pivots whether you like it or not um, but that doesn't mean you can't still be involved like I still talk to founders sometimes like I still you know try and keep a pulse on things and way less than I used to the past two years but um, not everything is so step by step by step even if you set it up so yeah. that it should be you know um, yeah. But I also think that the decision factors in it are just a lot more holistic. Like I need to be happy as a person and then happy mm-hmm. as a professional. So that how you arrive at that might look different than what you thought. Um, you brought up a super important thing that two separate mentors have told me in different contexts. We see like fulfillment and purpose and like passion as having to come solely from the day job that you do nine to five or nine to x Mm -hmm. and like this was a managing director at bcg who told me this actually she was the head of the new york office at the time um and she basically said to me because i was super interested in social impact at the time she was like that was a huge passion for me as well what you have to interrogate yourself about is that is that the thing you want to do nine to five or is it a thing you want to do and therefore you need to find space for it in your life and so she sits on the board of um what's these Boys and Girls Club of America, mm-hmm. the people that sell the cookies. Mm-hmm. Girl, Scouts, Girl Scouts. Sorry. Girl Scouts. <laughs> um, but like, you know, that's something that takes hours and hours of her time every month, but it's not her day job. And she like that to her has given her fulfillment. Tomiwa the um also told me this um in terms of Africa, where I was like, I have always seen myself building my career in Africa. But honestly, to your point, there's practical, rational things. We are adults, we are people that need to build our lives we need to factor in a bunch of other things and for right now it doesn't make sense for me and he you know was someone who had built his career in the u.s for a very long time before moving back but he was always so plugged in that you wouldn't have known that he was sitting in america because he set up um he had set up yam at the time or Mm -hmm. uh yeah young african mbas Mm -hmm. and so he was sort of consistently building a community around africans Africans that were moving back and he was so connected. He was doing um, angel investing and so he was consistently involved with in founders and investors. And so maybe just to like expand the point you made, I think there's sequencing and timing of things and if something's, even if something's going to come later, think about how you can make it a part of your life um, in some capacity. For us, I think even this podcast is a way to stay connected to Africa and stay mm-hmm. connected to the community because we keep bringing, you know, a group of people together that have similar interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and Temi, I know we've talked about some ideas for staying connected on yes. the whole investing in Africa piece, so we need to pick that back up. We do. Um, at some point. <laughs> we do. Um, I also think we're people who just spent $250,000 to go to hmm. school, so the financial considerations are real. Yeah. <laughs> They are. They are. And I, I'm someone who, you know, I took internships where I was getting paid way less than my peers. Like I, I saw what it was like to make those sacrifices and then 
realized there was a clear line for me in terms of what's the number where I could take the pay cut and be happy mm-hmm. and what's the number below that I'll walk away and yeah you know I think um but that wasn't also it is also location I had to think about where I wanted to live yeah. and I wanted to live in New York that was my priority and now that I'm in New York and I'm in a job that wasn't my dream that I thought for the past two years I am still very happy and so okay. I'm starting to just kind of realize like what you think you want um or what you think you need to be happy might not always be the case and it's not to say I mean there is like a little bit of sadness that I am not fully dedicating my nine to five to the the space that I really love and care about but at the same time I know that it's not a forever thing and I shouldn't treat it like that and just be in the season I'm in right now and continue thinking about what it'll look like in the future um yeah as long as the conversation's going I I feel like I'm okay with it not all looking exactly like I thought yeah yeah yeah, and I'm I'm proud of you for like giving yourself that grace because I feel like it could be very hard to it could be easy to be like very hard on yourself and be like oh my god I can't believe I spent all this time doing this and like I sold out yeah but, like, you really didn't like you have to do what's best for yeah, you yeah that's what it feels um, like sometimes I mean people will just be so surprised given how passionate I was about it where there's just like what happened and like oh we thought you would be doing it and those conversations kind of like uh they don't feel as great but I think everyone kind of understands that it's a hard decision to dedicate yeah. yourself to a nascent industry high risk in on the continent like there's those are a ton of factors that are just really difficult and then on the other side it's like to your point on Tomoe and all these other great examples you can still be plugged and valuable without dedicating your full yeah. career so I feel like yeah. It's been a very understanding situation too. Yeah. Um, can we talk about your VR? Oh yeah. Like, what was your what was your criteria? Um, were you just like, okay, I want to do startup generally? Were you more focused on like the function, the industry? Like how did you what was your decision? Yeah. Kind of I mean, I made the pivot so late in the recruiting that I'll be honest, and I also think coming out of consulting, like I don't know what function I wanna be in. Um I don't even know what the rules really mean because everyone has like different names for different things. And so I was just applying across the board. I think my primary criteria was around location, um, getting a certain range and salary, but also was it a product that I thought would be like that I resonated with? Like, was it something that I was excited by? Was it something I could see myself using? Um, and that was pretty much it. It was, I mean, the market is crazy. So I had to cast a wider net. Um, and Mersion, which is the name of the startup that I'm working at, they basically help with training soft skill development with employees. So how do you create stronger leaders? How do you create people who can manage challenging conversations? And as someone who's seen how there is a need for people <laughs> for better training around that, um, I was really excited about it. And so, it's totally different from what I thought, but very interesting. I do a lot of client stuff. I am managing clients constantly, doing a little bit of sales expansion, doing a little bit of IT. Like It's across the board. But what <laughs> I realize is that I'm really energized by people problems and built, having people have to come together. Like How do you build a team? How do you create cohesion? 
um, which I didn't get as much of that in, in VC. So that's been kind of exciting to, to see a different skill being worked on that I, that I enjoy. Okay, so we've basically we graduated, I think, six months oh my ago. Gosh. Um, looking back, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's very crazy. Um, <laughs> looking back, what was your favorite thing about business school? Um, my favorite thing were I don't know the intimate hangouts, like in people's apartments, the wine nights, and maybe that just speaks to my aversion to going out (laughs) but I just love the little kikis with friends um and just the nights that went on way longer than people thought like that was really fun um and I miss I miss doing that on a weekly basis yeah yeah um on the flip side what would you say was the most challenging thing about business school yeah the most challenging thing so i think first year was really tough for me uh it was essentially a throwaway like i left it being like "Mm, not great but i think the reason for that was just because it one it was just personal things like going on in the background but it was just like because you're constantly meeting new people and um you're constantly in different groups or communities. It can, it feels like for me, it felt like I was always doing something, but not really connected. Like I would go to a dinner and like, Oh, got to leave early because I'm going to another thing. Like I just kept trying to cram everything in. And so it felt like I wasn't really present and it felt like I didn't have any like patterns in terms of like a home base or anything. I was just all over the place. Um, I really tried not to do that in my second year. Like if there were two things, three things going on, I would just commit to the one thing so that I wouldn't have to rush or leave early or be worried about being late. Um, And then I think I just started to kind of hone in more on the people that I felt like I had seen that we have like a deeper connection and focusing there versus kind of focusing on breath, which was like, the first year how I tended to lead it wasn't an intentional focus but it's just like what I was doing and I think that made a difference a ton of difference um because if you're always just in a different group of people constantly it's just not as fun after a certain point like it's pleasant in the moment but Mm -hmm. it also I need some like consistent touch points consistent people in my life um to feel you know in a in a good place yeah yeah um okay so just to round it out um for people who are thinking about going to business school what three pieces of advice would you give yeah three pieces of advice um well i would say to dream big like don't close doors that are that haven't been closed so I know that one of the things I try to encourage people, because there's a lot of worries around, oh, like, am I going to get the right amount of A? Like, I have a lower score. Mm. Don't make that decision for yourself. Let them mm. make the decision for you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people end up being inte- really su- pleasantly surprised. Um, mm. I would also say, as you're applying, 
um, think about the two or three things that really make you you and how you can bring that out. I think one of the things I struggled with is how to package myself. Like, should I talk about my Thailand adventure? Should I go to the VC? Should I talk about, I don't know, like all these other things that I do. And so I think just making a call, like you can spin on that all day, but I think making the whole point of the application is to prove that you have this vision and you can do that thing. And so choosing the things I think kind of align with that. That was my approach. I don't know if everyone had that approach, but I think it was helpful to say, I want to do this big thing. These are the aspects of myself that really prepared me for that. Um, it helped just to kind of uh, fit it into a package. Um, and then I would say finding people, a friend or someone in your workplace or a mentor or a family member or a significant other, someone, person who could really like read your essay with you um, and give you feedback on it. I think that was super helpful for me to have my best friend and then a woman who dug on to business school. Obviously my best friend is not in the business world at all. She's not like, so you don't need to have someone who's been, had business school experience who can tell you how your story is coming across, tell you if it sounds authentic. And, and so I think it was helpful to have her perspective. And then if you can get someone from business school, I know ASU and ABC, um, you know, organizations, student organizations are great at pairing people up and giving that perspective. Utilize those resources for sure that are free. I love your first piece of yeah. um, advice. Like I think it's super mm-hmm. important. Yeah, shoot your shot. <laughs> Um, I also like the piece of like getting someone else who knows you just purely personally to read your essay because I feel like sometimes when people apply to business school, the essays can end up coming off as like just a kind of harsh and like lacking personality because mm-hmm. they're so focused on like, oh, it's business school. I need to portray this image of yourself. But honestly, the things that make you stand out are like the more personal things that like maybe your boss doesn't know, but like your best friend who has no idea what you're like at work actually knows, right? So I think having that personal layer is very important yeah yeah in my interview i was very intentional about showing a vulnerable side Mm -hmm. and showing the the failures that happen because i felt like most people won't do that but that's essentially what they want to see because they see who you are really as a person when things are tough Mm -hmm. like obviously all of us applying are successful and have wins um but showing your vulnerable side and where things were difficult i think is is beneficial and the people who know you personally can really help you get that yeah yeah, yeah. well Timmy, thank you so much for taking time out on your rainy sunday to speak i know to thank us. you um this is awesome <laughs> um yeah um so thank you guys thank you guys for listening you can follow us at don't say pod on instagram twitter as podcast is on spotify apple podcast i think it's actually on some other random podcast <laughs> i don't know what the names are but it's also a spotify apple podcast um and we'll speak to you guys in two weeks bye right, bye